Timberwolves, uh, GM'd by John DeLoss, are on the clock for the first pick. All right. Well, since I knew I was going to have the first pick, that was the easiest one for me to plan, obviously. And I am confident and ready to say the pick is in. With the first pick in the 2020 NBA draft, the Timberwolves will be selecting LaMelo Ball. Bullshit, y'all. I wanted him. And I'd like to say that this isn't for me, it just is the best prospect, the highest upside, but it wasn't an easy selection just based on the fact that there is, for me, a decent amount of risk with LaMelo. Um, I was considering Edwards. I couldn't consider Wiseman just because Carl Anthony Towns is already there, but in a different year, if there was a safer prospect, because I don't think Edwards is necessarily a complete bust-proof prospect. I would have considered going elsewhere. But when it boiled down to it, I just had to take the highest upside player to pair with D'Angelo Russell and Carl Anthony Towns in Minnesota and hopefully turn them into a playoff contender right away this year. With the second pick in the 2020 NBA draft, the Golden State Warriors general manager, I get think that's a term, by Jay Ball have selected James Wiseman from Memphis. This is honestly a relatively easy pick, at least in my eyes. If you have a basketball brain, I think the Warriors are in win-now mode. They obviously don't have to worry about floor spacing, which I feel like is the biggest issue with Wiseman's game translating to the next level. I feel like he's rel- relatively ready to compete in a win-now team. They don't have anybody at the five, and they've proven they can win without an elite five before, so I think adding him and letting him develop into his game will um, go to great lengths for the Warriors. I like it. So I'm up at number three with the Charlotte Hornets. I'm going to go basically how I think the actual draft is going to go. I think it's going to go one LaMelo, two James Wiseman. And at number three for the Hornets, I'm going to take Anthony Edwards. I think that for me, he's the second best prospect in the class. He's got that 6'3 frame or 6'5 frame with a seven-foot wingspan. So he's huge for his – you know, positional role. And I think that if he can use that to become a good defender, he's, he's really a prospect that I don't see can fail, even with the shaky offensive side. So I think he's just the safest and smartest pick for a team like Charlotte, who really just needs good players moving forward. And especially a guy like this that could, could jump right in and be a starter. I think that he's going to have time to grow with them and become a really good player. It's definitely a good pick to have. Yeah, it's obvious, but. Yeah. I was happy that Wiseman was taken second because I did not want to take him third. Yeah, well, you can't put him on the dubs with the guard situation they already had. They already traded yeah. Elo, so like, I don't know. I think I think both of us made the picks that were probably the right one. I just no surprises out of the top three. Those kind of seem like the consensus guys. Yeah. So then sure. Teddy, you're up in four. Pick though. We got Teddy. So yes, the Bulls first pick under new management, Arturis. Karnasovic. I don't even know how to say you've that. Been, you, you've been practicing that name? Karnasovic. <laughs> been rehearsing for this podcast. <laughs> I hear it. I've heard it so many times. I still can't say it. But we are going to select Denny Abdia. The international connection between our new management feels like a good fit. Really high upside for this guy. Uh, we're confident his shooting is going to come around. Uh, 
got big size. We just think he's going to be able to fit in well with Laurie Markkinen. And, uh, you know, give Kobe White and Zach Levine a little more help on the offensive side. So I think it's a good fit. I'm a big Denny guy, so I, I like that pick for them. I think he's probably the highest upside of anyone left, besides maybe Patrick Williams, who I also like. But, um... Yeah, I was considering uh, Halliburton as well, but I figured go with the front court, give Kobe White more time to develop. And I also think they're going to stick with Levine. Yeah, I like that pick. The Cavs with the fifth pick, if I was the GM of the Cavs, I think I would take Isaac Okoro from Auburn. The reason being is I think he might have one of the highest floors in the draft based off what I've watched. He's a lockdown defender. So at the very least, if he doesn't develop the three-point shot that they're thinking he might be able to, he's going to be able to guard pretty much the best players on most teams. That's what he did in, in college for the most part. And he's great at getting to the Getting to the hoop, he's very explosive, and he's probably one of the best athletes in the draft. So, obviously, the Cavs, they need they need a lot of help. They're just not in a good spot. And they're not in a good spot, and they have pretty much no one on their team who can defend anyone. So, I think taking Isaac Okoro here would be the best pick for them. I know a lot of people would think Obi Toppin would be a player they could pick here, but he is pretty much clueless on the defensive end of the ball, and I think that would just uh, – not really help them that much. Yeah, so, I'm I'm with you. Right. I think that's a great pick. They I think they had like they had to have like the worst defense last year. Like Cora's yeah. gonna make them instantly better, even if his offense doesn't really come around. That's a good point. Yeah. I want a Coro to fall to the Knicks in real life. In facts. Yeah, I thought GM Sharps was gonna was gonna save a Coro for the Knicks. Nah, I can't can't do it. I don't think it's real. <laughs> He's so good. <laughs> So my second pick of the evening, the first one with the Atlanta Hawks, they are taking or they are selecting with the number six overall pick in the 2020 Port Media NBA draft. And they have selected from Florida State Patrick Williams. And I know this is kind of a head scratcher for the group as they do kind of already have a lot of wings in Atlanta who are young, like Cam Reddish, DeAndre Hunter, blah, 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 players like that. But I just don't see... Um, them drafting a guard with Trey Young, Kevin Herter could be the long-term fit there at the two. Maybe, maybe not. They already traded for Capella at the end of last year. I'm pretty sure he's still on the roster there. So it seems like a team that has a lot of offense, and it seems like they figured out offense. I know they were one of the highest-scoring teams in the league last year. So drafting Patrick Williams, who has a very high ceiling as a 3-and-D player in the NBA, could be a great fit for the Hawks. And he seems to be someone who could contribute right away, especially from the defensive end. I know his offensive game is a little here and there, but I think he'll be able to put it together, especially a defense right away. Yeah, I like that pick. He has a lot of potential. I like that pick, too. I also – I think DeAndre Hunter is probably not going to – might not be a long-term fit. And this kid, Patrick Williams, only 18 years old. Like, I feel like he just has so much potential. And, like, in a draft that's not as strong, I feel like that it's just a good pick. Yeah. But on the upside, honestly. I was going to say, I think Patrick Williams, I mentioned on our last podcast, but I think he has the third highest ceiling of anyone behind probably LaMelo – Edwards and then and then Williams after that. He's also the youngest collegiate player in the draft. He's the third youngest total player behind Pogoshevsky and Lamelo. So he has a lot of room to grow. I think he's a guy who can guard one through five, and that's exactly where the NBA is headed. You need guys like that. He's who I wanted at number seven for the Pistons, but I guess I'll have to settle for uh, someone else. 
But uh, I think it's a good pick for the Hawks, especially because of all the things I just mentioned. I think he's probably going to be a, a safe bet. He's number three on my ranking for prospects in general. So I really like him a lot. I don't think the Hawks are necessarily, like with this pick in real life, going to get someone that's going to take them over the top just based off this pick. So I think having plenty of young players already just going highest potential, it's just the yeah. smartest yeah. pick for them. That's kind of what I was thinking is like, I feel like there was no like natural fit for the Hawks roster when I was looking over the class. Like I think Obi Topin was a good pick, but as Sharp said in his previous pick, like the defense there is just not up to par for NBA standards just yet. And the Hawks mm-hmm. already struggle enough with that, like with their one and yeah. two and playing no defense. So they need some defensive help there. Yeah. And I, I'd also like to add that if they add Patrick Williams, they have like three very solid potential two-way wing players. I know Cam Reddish kind of struggled offensively to start the year, but throughout the year he was consistent on defense. And I know DeAndre Hunter, when they took him, uh, they expected him to be a good defender as well. So they could potentially have three solid wing defenders, which will definitely help them improve. Agreed. So I believe I'm up with number seven. I, I mentioned I, I would have liked Patrick Williams. I think that's actually who the Pistons are going to take in real life. I think he's going to drop there and they'll take him. But for the purposes of this draft, um, although I do have Devin Vassell ranked higher, I am going to take Killian Hayes. I think he's a great fit for the Pistons and what they're trying to do. They don't have a point guard. They haven't had a point guard. So they need someone. I mean, Derek Rose, but he's, I think he's either going to get traded or he's not, he's obviously not their long-term solution for a team. That's pretty much a bottom feeder for the next year or two. So I think Killian Hayes gives them that star potential. And even if he doesn't pan out to be that, I still think he has a good chance to be a solid player. Um, he's for the Pistons, I think a more, a more fit pick than Tyrese Halliburton would be just because I don't think Halliburton has as high of a ceiling. I think for a team like the Pistons that's really trying to get back to relevancy, I think that someone like Hayes is a guy who could get them to that level similar to how Trey Young has with the Hawks and even guys like Luca has with the, the Mavs. Although I don't think he's going to be near the level of either of those guys. Yeah, I'm indifferent on a lot of help. I think the potential's there, but he has one of the lower floors it's fair. in the draft. But that's just my opinion. Killian. Killian sucks. Really? Yeah, I don't know. I think we ever had a good foreign point guard in a while. Luca? Luca, yeah, you can call him a point guard if you want. Like so you're saying he's going to be like an Axum? Could be like an Axum. Frank Tilikina. Well, oh, Frank God. wasn't a scorer, so he was just kind of like set up for failure from the beginning. I just don't know anything about him. Okay. Luka. I feel like I knew more about Luca oh. coming in because he was just like, I don't even know. I just don't know much about Killian. I They're should, saying, though, because he's nice. All I, know is, all I know is this dude can only score with one hand. And he can only dribble with one hand. His top comparison is they're just gonna like shut him down. And he doesn't. He doesn't. Left. He's doing nothing. He doesn't have. He doesn't have a strong enough jump shot to, like, there's no threat of that, so he can't just blow by people. Plus, he's not explosive. So it sounds like this is the first pick that uh, people don't agree with, huh? I mean, I don't agree with it. I, I respect the pick, but I don't. I don't think he's it. bad. I think Halliburton's just... better. That's right. Yeah, a lot of people share that. I saw Hal Burton play in person. I low-key thought he was nice. Even with the weird jumper? Yeah. yeah you can get to the bucket. You get to the bucket all day. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, what about that 9% well, usage? Is he going to like – what's he going to do in the NBA when he's not in college anymore? Are they going to give him the ball more? 
So what do you want him to do? Make him the star player? Well, he's listed as a point guard. I just don't think he's re- – for a team that needs a point guard, I don't think he's better than Hayes. I think he's more, like I said, more of a small three. Well, play defense and maybe shoot. We're going to we're gonna segue this into the Knicks drafting Tyrese Halliburton with the eighth pick. Um, because if – with the pool of players that's left, that's just the obvious pick for the Knicks in my opinion. He's a great playmaker. He's a good shooter. His shooting form is – unorthodox he has kind of a low release point but he's wet I mean he shot like 43 percent from three this past year um he is a little weak I know that he's very like skinny and he just gets bodied when he gets like screen set on him etc but a player that reminds me a lot of him coming out of college is Shea Gilgis Alexander plus they both had like kind of unorthodox shooting forms but their playmaking ability and they're, they're actually good rebounders for their size as well. It kind of makes me think that they're pretty similar. But that that's that's my pick for pick eight with the Knicks. I like it. That's where I think the Knicks are going to go in real life. Me too. Yeah, the Knicks need some shooting pretty badly. Yeah, we can't stretch their team more. so much. Yeah, we don't we don't have anyone with the except for Reggie Bullock, and I don't really want to see him play that much. So yeah. <laughs> him and Dame Dot are our best shooters. So, Wait, do you guys still got? Yeah, that's not, that's not a championship team that you're looking for, in New York. Not not exactly. No. <laughs> you still got Uncle Taj over there in New York? Oh, Coach Taj. Oh, Coach him. Taj. That's what it is. Yeah, I do. We do have him. Dude's getting paid ten million to do nothing. It's Tibbs' boy, though. Oh, got Tibbs. Yeah. <laughs> well, segueing into the next pick, which is myself with the Wizards. I was hoping, and I I guess I thought, and now in retrospect, maybe I shouldn't have thought this would happen. I thought one of Halliburton or Hayes would fall here, and that's who I would have gone with to get, hopefully, the point guard of the future behind John Wall for the Wizards, help out Beal and himself coming off his two-and-a-half-year injury. Um but that isn't going to happen now. I'm not going to reach for someone like RJ Hampton or Tyrese Maxey this high in the draft. So with the ninth pick in the draft, the Wizards will be taking OB Toppin. Um, I don't think in real life OB is going to fall this far because I think he's a valuable even though I don't think he has even close to the highest ceiling amongst the prospects I think he's valuable and that he can come in and play right away which a lot of teams a lot of teams I think for the wrong reasons value players that are going to be able to come and play right away because I think coaches GMs that are in lottery teams often have to have some bias and make picks that are going to help immediately for their own job security so I think he'll go higher up, but I don't think the Wizards would be mad if he fell this far because I think he can slot right in at their four spot. Thomas Bryant had a great year last year amongst a team that had almost nothing going for them. So if they can bring in someone like Obi who can play with Hachimura and Thomas Bryant in the front court, I think that'd be a big improvement, especially with John Wall coming back to make the Wizards challenge in for like an eight spot in the East in the the conference that just doesn't have much competition. 
with those lottery teams. So that's who I'd go with. I like the pick at nine. Shocking that yeah, I mean, they are going to be a scary offensive team. Yeah. And probably the worst offensive team to ever step on the floor. Yeah. yeah probably true. No Obi Toppin's so explosive at getting to the hoop. Yeah, sometimes so that works, though. Watch. Be good at one. It's what the Blazers have done. You know, be good at one thing and scoring. We'll get you in the playoffs. That's defense is offense. Same thing with the Kansas City Chiefs in football. Obi's going to be the Mahomes. <laughs> <laughs> the Phoenix Suns at number 10. We're going to take Onyeka Okongwu. Uh, we got our new point guard recently before this draft, so we're set there, and we're looking for Okongwu to really bolster our defense. I think he's just going to be a physical beast down low and just Really help out Aiden on the defensive side. Yeah, I like that pick. Be surprised if he falls this far in the actual draft. Yeah, yeah at um, 10, that's crazy value. No way. In my opinion, he falls this far. But No, so we definitely have to take him. Yeah, he's a great defender, So, especially for his size. Yeah, and his offense is only going to get better with like playing with Chris Paul and Devin Booker. Yeah, it it would be an interesting fit next to Aiden. Uh, I mean, Aiden's bigger, but I still think he'd play on Yuck at the five and let DeAndre probably shoot a little bit more, see what he can do on the outside. Yeah. So I think it would just be – I think it would be a great fit. But 100%. like I said, probably not realistic. All right, so for the Spurs, you know, I passed on Devin Vassell once in favor of a, a maybe a more exciting guard. Um, and I'm going to do it again. I'm going to take Tyrese Maxey for the Spurs. Um, it might come back to haunt me because I do, again, Vassell's ranked higher than both these guys on my boards. But I just think Maxey is more of a, maybe more of a fit for them just because I think Keldon Johnson is a guy I believe in a lot. He's improved a lot over the last couple of years, and Devin Vassell is kind of a similar player. That being said, I, you know, I am a supporter of, you know, get guys two through four that can, play those roles, play defense, score, shoot. And I think Vassell and uh, Kelvin Johnson can both do that. But I think that Tyrese Maxey is a guy that is just too obvious to pass up on, I guess, given the recent success of Kentucky guards. Um, and, again, the connection with Kelvin Johnson might, might not hurt. I think both those guys could be a big piece for the future. Not that I'm building my team around Kelvin Johnson, but I think Tyrese Maxey brings the defense that you don't see that often from a guy um, – that maybe has his athleticism and scoring talent as well. So I'm excited to see what he can do. I think Popovich is a perfect coach for him. Maybe they can get rid of Lonnie Walker. Um, he hasn't really done anything. Sharps, I know you're a big Lonnie Walker fan. But I think that Tyrese Maxey can fit in really well with Derek White in the backcourt and then uh, fill out the team. He'll be, he'll be a good backup for Lonnie. Yeah, I'm playing. An, He's a good it's player. an interesting <laughs> pick. A lot, a lot of guards on that team. Yeah, Probably got to move room. Patty Mills, I'd imagine. I think they're planning on doing drafting that. Him, or yeah. I'm planning on doing that. Me as Bryn Forbes. Yes. Oh, Bryn Forbes is not worth much. You know? um, Derek yeah. White is staying. Tyrese Maxey is staying. Kelsey yeah. Johnson is staying. We're going to trade DeMar at the deadline. Um, I, I like the theory of drafting Kentucky guards. They've 
proven to be pretty successful, especially recently. So I think it's worth a shot, especially for the Spurs. They're in they're a desperate exciting player. I think oh yeah, Kevin Knox is awful. Knox is of course, the, the Knicks draft the worst or is one. He a forward? He's a yeah. forward. Yeah. I just think Maxie's such a high character guy too, and I think that people are reading in too much to his shooting in college. If he had shot thirty-eight percent in college from three, I think he'd be a guy people are talking about in the top five. But because yeah. that number's low, people have that concern when he really has everything else. He has that drive, he has the defense, and he has you know a lot of other intangibles. He pa- passes the eye test for sure. This is the part of the draft where people every year just like they just get overlooked. Maxi definitely could be a person. He probably like if you had to pick one, is the guy that just two years from now you can be looking back and say like why wasn't he a top ten pick? Just like yeah. Tyler Hero, Donovan Mitchell, plenty of other people. Yeah, yeah that fall to the late lottery. Lucky number thirteen. That's that's so, the pick. Yeah, I thought he. I think in the real draft, if Maxi falls a little bit, I think he'd be a really good fit with the Pelicans. I yeah. was hoping he would fall. I actually think he could be really good with the the Blazers too. With my other pick, not that I was gonna like take that into account because each team is individual, but yeah, I think he goes before then. But yeah, me too. That would be a good fit too. Kings. King, oh, King Sharps for the King. Oh, sheesh. Might have to shake this up a little bit. It's that time of the draft. All right. So, with the 12th pick in the draft, I think that the Sacramento Kings should select Devin Vassell. I initially was I initially did not think that this guy was going to be here, so I don't really know too much about him. But I was initially planning on taking Sadiq Bay with this pick, who is another wing player. But since Devin Vassell's here and he's pretty much a consensus top 10 player across the board, I don't, I don't see him being here in real life, most likely. Mm-hmm. I think it's just a player you have to take. Yeah, he was – I can't say I watched him a ton in college, but based off his stats, he seems to be a lights-out shooter, especially yeah, for three. He is a he is a pretty solid shooter, and from what I've read, I'm pretty sure he's a decent defender as well. Um, like I said, I I did not think he was going to be here, and I probably if he wasn't here, I would have taken Sadiq Bay from Villanova just because I really like him. But I think at 12, it's the value is just there, and I think it's a best available pick, especially for the Kings who have like you know they could they could use just someone there to shoot. Yeah, they yeah. Can go in a lot of directions. Need some perimeter scoring, so we'll we'll just add to that. Yeah, I was gonna say as um the as the one that passed on to sell twice after strongly considering him, I, I think it's a great pick. Um, he's number six on my ranking of players, and I had uh Killian Hayes seven, Maxi ten, as of right now. But yeah, I just couldn't resist those two guys. I had to do it. Yeah. All right, number 13, the Pelicans. Uh, Pelicans are going to select Aaron Neesmith out of Vanderbilt. Absolutely lights-out shooter. Uh, he's got pretty good size, like six foot six, I think, six foot seven maybe. Uh, 
I think he's just a good fit with the Pelicans. They need shooting. He got good passers with Lonzo. He's a good off the dribble shooter. Not really a great guy to make his own shot, but I think he fits in with like Lonzo. And he also just gives a little size to defend on the wing. Kind of, and probably a good not a replacement for Drew Holiday. He's a little bit bigger, but I think helps out their defense if he leaves. Yeah. Um I like this pick a lot. He's probably I think he's probably my sleeper of the draft to be honest, just because I think he has a lot of value on like not necessarily well, I think he has value on the Pelicans, but especially if he falls later than this in the draft for a, like a winning a team that's looking to win. He's a good scorer. He kind of reminds me of Danny Green in a way. He's just a knockdown three-point shooter and he's a good solid team defender. Um so I think that's a great pick. All right. So with the 14th pick in the 2020 NBA draft, the Boston Celtics GM Jay Ball selects RJ Hampton, point guard, formerly or formerly of USA, formerly of Australia, now going to be in the NBA. Um, I have the Celtics drafting him just because in case they trade Kemba Walker, I know there's been rumors of flipping him and another young talent they have elsewhere for potentially another star to team up with the two wings they already have there. Um, but I think RJ Hampton, he's like, he's pretty big at six, five, you know, creating scombo. Cre- I said scombo, but creating combo guard is what the site I'm looking at says. So I feel like he's a person that can create his own shot. You know, he seems to be a mismatch at six, five at the point guard position. And with teams like Philly in the East of the Sixers always seem to be playing, that could be a good defensive option on Ben Simmons. I don't think Boston has to worry, worry about any floor spacing with the lineup they have right now. So Hampton be able to create, be able to get to the rim, which he's pretty good at. So I think it's a good pick for the Celtics at 14. I like the pick. I was hoping he would fall. I have no idea in real life where he's going to go because I know he's been. Yeah, I was really just going to say that same thing. He's Spurs been routine hyped for a long him. time. So he in real could life, go high, I have no idea. I was just thinking that right before I said it is in real life. Like, I have no, like, you know, I have no idea. The dude's, a, dude's a baller. People just Exciting forgot about scene. him. He, like, yeah, years ago, he was considered like a top five pick from this class. Yeah, he was because he, he was a top five recruit out of high school, and then he just went overseas. People forgot about him. All right. Uh, the Orlando Magic. We're going to take Kyra Lewis Jr. from Alabama. Uh, he kind of reminds me of Darren De- Fox a little bit. He's just super speedy, I think. I mean, Magic are just in need of some – just need a in need of some offense. I think they already have a lot of size with Gordon and Isaac. If he is able to come back from injury, like without being too, I guess hindered uh, this early in his career, but I think he's just going to be able to provide a good explosive, just kind of offense to their team. A lot better than Markel Fultz. Yeah. yeah. Uh, false type nice. You got to give him a chance. I still think he'll be Gucci, but I do like to pick either way. 
feels like DJ Augustine's been there for like a decade. Dude, it really does. He used to be broken in like 2K like shit. 11 or some shit. He would be drilling stuff. Actually, probably, I don't know if he's that old. He's 2K 11, but like he has been out for a he while. He was like that. Yeah. He has been around. Yeah. I think De'Aaron Fox comparison is accurate. He's yeah, he's just going to like fly up the court. Fly up the court. For mad threes. Yeah. Be a little bit exciting. Give them a little something. Yeah, I think the that's Magic's what they're looking for. An exciting player. So, yeah, they're just kind of like a boring team. They really are. Um, I believe I'm up number 16 in the Trailblazers. Um, that's actually the second time now I've had a player I wanted taken right before my pick because I would have taken Kyra Lewis to the uh, Trailblazers. I think the Trailblazers' number one need, um, this is something that Kevin O'Connor has pointed out multiple times when I've listened to his podcast, Damian Laird and C.J. McCollum were first and second in the NBA in minutes last year. So they really don't have anyone else besides Anthony Simons, who they don't really trust a ton yet, to like play quality minutes in their backcourt. That, I think that's their number one need. But for their number two need, I would say, is like a capable wing that can play defense or offense. Um, Carmelo's only going to be there for so much longer. He can play some offense. Obviously, it has no defense, so I'm going to go with Sadiq Bey from Villanova. Um, the reason being, I think he has a lot of the traits that you're looking for. He's 6'8". He can guard pretty much any position, maybe not five, but that's about it. Um, and I think it's about time that Villanova gets some of the respect that we're giving to Kentucky, not at the same level. But if you look at guys like Mikel Bridges, Jalen Brunson, Dante DiVincenzo, Josh Hart, Eric Pascal, every single one of those guys has outperformed where they were drafted. And I don't think that that trend is going to change this time with Sadiq Bay. So I think he's he's going to give the Trailblazers some some much needed short term help as well as maybe some long term as well. Yeah, I like Sadiq Bay a lot. He's got a very pure jump shot. He can create his own shot. Yes, that's. <laughs> I like him. This is like a plug and play player. He doesn't. He seems like he has a very high floor. I just – I think he'll have a solid NBA career. And at this point in the draft, yeah. if you can get someone like that, you're definitely going to take that nine times out of ten. So it's yeah. A team like the uh, Shadows, I don't also think, think a good spot at all. I also think I was reading something about him that he was, like, only six one as a sophomore in high school, which I know, like, it's kind of random. But I remember – Anthony Davis was like 6'2 as a sophomore in high school or something, and now they're both like big men who can handle the ball well. So I think that's kind of an underrated aspect of his game. Back on the clock is the Timberwolves, who I had the pleasure of being the GM with and taking LaMelo Ball first overall. So first I'll just make the selection with the 17th pick. Timberwolves will be taking Precious Achua. I think if the draft was to unfold this way in real life, they would be ecstatic. I think with the first pick, obviously, they get who I think is the best player in the draft that they can immediately plug and play with D'Angelo Russell in the backcourt. And then they have their center of the future, one of the best centers in the league, Carl Anthony Towns. And now at pick 17, getting Precious Achua, who's an elite defender from this draft class and the perfect positional need as a four for the Timberwolves who this past year were playing people like James Johnson there and just plenty of dudes that aren't 
even close to their long-term plans. Um, I think he's a perfect fit. And I know Carl Anthony Towns would love having an elite defender next to him to kind of pick up some of the slack he's gotten targeted with for being a defensive liability at times. And I don't know. I just like the pick a lot, especially because he can play in the paint and Towns could stretch the floor with his three-point shooting ability. So that's yeah. what I got. I like the pick. I agree. I think it's good as well. Yeah, so, my next pick's different. Dallas Mavericks just really cannot pass up on Alexei Pokachevsky. <laughs> I love it. We love taking international guys with Dirk, Luca. We got to take him. Porzingis, too. That's going to be a crazy lineup. Oh, if He's probably not going to be good for two years. I mean, he's like literally seven foot, 200 pounds, maybe yeah. even less. I have no idea. He's just going to take a long time to develop to be able to compete in the NBA. But he's like, he kind of reminds he could be like, I mean, some of his like shooting and the way he moves is pretty good for a seven footer. Uh, yeah, Maybe like Kevin Durant. Nah, he's a fast Jokic. Yeah, little he's skinnier. Like, he's like Jokic, just <laughs> ripped Jokic a little got like, Jokic, Jokic got like 15 pounds on him. That's the only difference. Mm-hmm. Jokic is slimming up. He's been taking his, his hour. <laughs> yeah. We'll say he's, um, he's just – yeah, Pogacevs, he's just like a massive home run swing. And it's probably going to be just a big whiff, but I could see the Mavericks taking him here. I think they will if he's still there. To imagine this, I could also see the Celtics taking him at fourteen. Sorry, just wanted to add that. Imagine they bring out Luca at the one, Dorian Finney-Smith at the two, Poku at the three, Porzingis at the four, Boban at the five. I think we got to trade for a Bull Bull. That's fair. But him at shooting guard instead of Dorian Finney-Smith. Yeah. That's a good move. I will say um, in my limited time watching Poku tape, which all happened today, when he moves, like when I saw his videos, I don't know if he's gotten taller, but it looked like he was like 6'6", which I think is really promising because if a guy like that who's seven foot doesn't even look like he's that tall, it means he's doing something right with his like quickness and fluidity. I think he yeah. has both of those things. I'm excited to see what he can do. A few years. Yeah, I think he's only like he, is he the youngest player in the draft or he's the youngest, yeah. He's eighteen right now. Yeah, so he's definitely a project. Uh and maybe by the time Luca's hitting like his absolute prime, he'll be ready. All right. Um with the nineteenth pick have the Brooklyn Nets t- drafting Tyrell Terry from Stanford. And the reasoning behind this is I don't think the Nets have much, have many, if any, needs right now. But I think at providing another three-point shooter off the bench is always valuable, especially if you're making, if you're planning on making a deep run in the playoffs, which I would assume they expect doing with the team they have. So I know he's he's kind of a small, like one. I think he weighs like 160 pounds, and he's like six two, but he's just like one of those dudes that can just score like score three pointing 
three-pointers off the bench, and he's actually underrated at getting to the hoop, especially for his size. So I think how I, I compare him probably like Seth Curry as of right now, but I think if he could develop more, but I think the Nets will just need his shooting off the bench, which makes this pick make sense for them. Number 20 with the Heat. Although I look at Cole Anthony and he's enticing because I think he could very well outdo the 20th pick. He could be a lot better than that. I'm going to go Jalen Smith. I think he's the best fit for a team that just made the finals. Um, he's a guy who can step in. They, you know, they had some trouble in the playoffs. They had a lot of Kelly Olynyk on the floor. They had some, even at times when uh, Bam got hurt, they had Myers Leonard. And I think Jalen Smith is better than both those guys in a lot of ways, um, on defense especially. He can stretch the floor and shoot as well. I think he's just a really good guy to put next to Bam if you want to play two bigs. And I think his potential is pretty high with the fact that he can shoot so well off the dribble and, you know, off the, off the catch as well. And really his only weakness is his passing and decision-making, which I think Bam has anyways. You don't really need both of your bigs to be good at that. So I think that's something he can improve by playing with a guy like that and also won't be a glaring weakness right away. Makes sense. All right. So with the 21st pick in the 2020 NBA draft, the Philadelphia 76ers select – Cole Anthony, point guard from North Carolina, son of Greg Anthony. He played in the NBA, I believe. I didn't even know it. I just thought he was some random analyst on ESPN. I didn't really listen to him, but now I kind of fuck with him a little bit. But um, I think Cole Anthony didn't really impress that much this year. I know he was really high-ranked coming out of high school, going into UNC. But I really think he's someone who provides exactly what the Sixers need, which is guard depth, which is talented guard depth, which is someone else who can take the ball up the floor, take some pressure off of Simmons when he's not on the floor. Maybe someone who works a little bit better with Embiid because he's really good at shooting. And he's got pretty good size for the position, with the which the Sixers clearly value. They had a lineup last year that was mad tall. I remember watching Sixers games and they just have some like redwood trees out there and shit. But I really like this pick for the Sixers. I actually think it's going to happen in real life. I don't know how I feel about it. I am a Sixers fan, but I think Cole Anthony to the Sixers is a good fit and it makes sense. Yeah. Cole Anthony just like, I like, I genuinely think part of it's based on the way he like literally looks. His face has like hurt his stock. He literally like based off stats and <laughs> people saw him play in college, he was considered much higher up than this. But in real life, I kind of see the draft unfolding like this too. Like he's going to go in this area, I think. And he definitely has potential to outperform like this type of selection. The only thing I could see is if a team that needs a point guard, because it's a pretty much like a, a guard. Like there's so many elite point guards these days. A team that doesn't have one might just take a chance on him a little bit earlier than this. I don't really see him falling past 21. I mean, what the fuck do I know? But – I think he's best case scenario for Philly. I think that's a great pick, like in terms of what you were working with. I think it's probably the best possible situation because they're being talked about maybe taking like Malachi Flynn or like Nico Mannion. And a lot of these guys just I don't think are top 21 value, but I think Cole Anthony is. So mm -hmm. he's like a better version of those guys that they're looking at. And then Teddy got screwed with his last pick coming at 22 because, uh, Thunder made a trade with the Lakers that took away his 28th, but you are now on the clock for that pick. Well, the Denver Nuggets are very excited to be taking Isaiah Stewart out of Rochester, New York. Just a all about the motor, you know. Huge guy. Love him from Rochester. So 
maybe a bit of a homer pick. Uh, I think he does fit in with their team, though. You can never discount the coaching of Scotty Fitch either. He was working with him at the Parents and Rec Center. Facts. During quarantine. Yep. yep. That's so, where a lot of us I mean, reside from time to time, too. So you might see one of us on this list. Like, as much year. as pre-draft coaching, I don't think can necessarily have a huge influence. I think, like, there's very few guys I would trust to really help with prospects. And probably names are John Calipari and uh, Scotty Fitch. So I'm excited to see what he can do. Yo, isn't I thought Jaden McDaniels was from Rochester too? No, that's Isaiah Carter. I think you're thinking of. No, I think I'm thinking of a Jalen McDaniels, or there's, or he went. One of them went to Siena. I know who you're talking about, Nas Carter. Oh, Jalen Pickett. Jalen Pickett. Oh, yeah. he's nice. He's, he's solid. He's nice. He right, that's that's who I'm thinking of. Unless you play in Fairport at Aquinas, he's he's, he's doing really well. <laughs> He's putting up numbers in that conference. Good for him. He's tried to look for a transfer I've seen. I could probably average 11 in that conference. Yeah. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. The Jazz are up now. And I think with this pick, what I'm going to do with it and what I think they'll do in real life is kind of based on how their season ended where – Mike Conley kind of – he just – his contract's already not looking good. He had a very poor season, started to get it going, then had to leave the bubble because I think he had a kid, so that's not his fault. But Partly is. Yeah, it's poor timing. Low-key. But uh, like, I think the Jazz are in win-now mode, knowing that they've got Conley's contract on the books, and it's not going to be something that they're going to be able to move. Just they're, If they want to move it, they're going to have to give up future assets, which I don't think they're going to do. So I don't think they can afford to use this pick on a guard because their only chance of competing is Conley living up to what he's supposed to be able to do. They've got Jordan Clarkson to mix in there as well. He can come off the bench. He's a very solid bench player. So with this pick, I have them taking, I don't know how to say his last name, but Zeke Najee Najee from Arizona. Um, He's a huge guy, a freak athlete. I've watched some. He seems to be flying up boards on mock drafts and tape that I've seen on him. And I think it's going to fill a big need for something the Jazz need, which is an energy, just big man to play next to or when Gobert comes out in foul trouble or just in general. Because their team just – it seems like Mitchell is the only one out there that's really energetic when they've got their bench unit or their first guys off the bench coming in. So I think they just need that spark player that can make plays and get the team going when Mitchell's already putting so much into it. Didn't they start Jawan Morgan like in a bubble game and he just like was underwhelming because he's Jawan Morgan? Yeah, they had many weird lineups. They had a really weird season in general. Jeff Green like quit the team. (laughs) He made out pretty well. He enjoyed himself. He's He's still a cap hold on the Jazz. So his presence is felt in Utah. Got Mia Oni from Yale. A lot of guys haven't even like touched the court for them. Rajon Tucker. 
George Niang was one of my favorite college players at Iowa State. He's doing a podcast with Monte Morris now, former teammates. Yeah. Monte's doing well in, in Denver, though. But they bought. They probably got the same amount of viewers as us. <laughs> I see them like sponsored by like the something. I don't know. I see them on my Instagram feed. Well, um, what are we sponsored by? Nothing yet. That's why we got to get sponsored. Hots. Yeah. Yeah. We got to be sponsored by P Hots and F Hots. Start a rivalry. Yeah. That'd be tough. <laughs> That'd be lit. We're sponsored by P Hots, but we also are sponsored by F Hots, and we advertise yeah. the same exact shit. So with the twenty fourth pick, I think the Milwaukee Bucks should select Jamias Ramsey from Texas Tech. Uh, um, all right, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's a quick reaction. I think he's I think he's a great player. Um, he's not he's not at all a good defender. I'm not even gonna sit here and act like he's a good defender. The effort is just not there. Um, but he's a great offensive player when he wants to be. Um. And I think he could provide much-needed uh, three-point shooting off the bench. I think he could be like a sixth-man type player. He shot 43% from three this past season. Um, and I don't think he was expected to play this well as a freshman, so he kind of opened a lot of eyes. But overall, I think that this is the right pick for the Bucks here. I was between this this guy and I think his name is Theo Maladon, which I don't I don't know much about him, but – kind of like the unknowingness about him made me want to take him. But uh, I think I, I think I'd rather have uh, Jemias Ramsey here if I'm the Bucks. Just the offensive ability and talent is there. He is a crazy good like scorer. Like his yeah, shooting, he, he came in as a freshman at Texas Tech and shot forty three percent. That's really hard to do from three and yeah. some, of his, some of his shots were tough too. He does a lot of heat checks. Yeah. So I like what he he could bring. Yeah, he just be able to guard yeah, somebody. I think he's yeah, I think he's a solid player for sure. All right, my first of two picks with the Thunder. Um, I think they're in an interesting spot now that they've not only moved Dennis Schroeder two days ago, but now they've moved Chris Paul as well. So they have two of their highest usage players from last year out the door, and they have. Danny Green, Kelly Oubre, Ricky Rubio, and then, less importantly, Ty Jerome and Jalen McHugh coming in. So their roster's already gotten more crowded in terms of they brought in five players with two leaving. So I think with these picks, it's going to be kind of, kind of hard to just get someone that's going to be able to come in and just get hefty minutes enough to perform right away. And in general, over the next four years, they have so many first-round picks that I think they really are just going to be going for flyers and hoping one of these guys hits. So with this pick, I'm going to go with the person Sharps just mentioned, Theo Maladon, out of France. Um I think the point guard spot for the long term for the Thunder isn't set. I know they've got Ricky Rubio coming in, but I think Shea Gilgis Alexander is a perfect two guard for them, and they're still going to need, if they want to in the future, become a potential contender. They're going to need that point guard that's going to be able to put up numbers similar to what Chris Paul did this past season. 
And I haven't seen a ton on Theo, but from what I've seen, he seems like he's got a pretty high floor for this late in the draft because he's got the six five body, pretty good wingspan. And I just think the Thunder as an organization can make someone like him work. So that's who I'd have him going with. I like the pick. All right. With the 26th pick in the 2020 NBA draft, the Boston Celtics select Jaden McDaniels, power forward from Washington. He was a freshman this past year. Um, Just read all that off this little screen. So, I just think that the Celtics have to take a big here, and I drafted a uh, I drafted RJ Hampton right with their last pick, yeah. correct, boys. Um, so I feel like they had to take a big. At the end of this year, I remember they were starting like Daniel Tice or Ennis Cantor getting postseason minutes. Tice actually played pretty well in my opinion. I think he's definitely has a role on their roster, but I do feel like they don't have a long term. Um, option at the center position or even really the power forward position. They have a lot of young guys. I know players like that one short fucker, Williams. I (laughs) I literally hate him. So this guy's going to actually take Williams' spot, Um, the short fucker, if you guys didn't know. But um, So I just think that they need another big. I think Washington has a couple bigs in this draft. I like Isaiah Stewart to the Celtics as well. But I'm going to go with Jaden McDaniels here. You know, I probably would have taken Jaden McDaniels had he not just been taken. That was my plan. Um, now I have to rethink what I want to do here. The Knicks uh, could use pretty much anything. So I think what I'm just going to do is go with best available and take Josh Green from Arizona. Um He's just a he's just a great athlete. He can play he can play on both sides of the ball. He's a good defender. He's very athletic, um, and he has a six ten wingspan as a guard, which is pretty good. And honestly, the Knicks could use pretty much anyone here, so might as well take, in my opinion, the best player that's left on the board in Josh Green. And that's really all I have to say about this pick. If the Knicks draft unfolded like this, I'd be really happy. I would be too. Him and Halliburton. Yeah, I'm sure he's yeah. done a great job. So that'd far. feel very nice. Then and I think the Lakers. Yeah, now it's it says the Lakers, but this is now the Thunder's pick. Oh, it is cool. After after they moved Dennis Schroeder, I don't think it's officially gone through. Like, but this is the pick they're sending with Danny Green to the Thunder. So after our last pick, we got our high, hopefully, potential point guard prospect for the future in Theo. Now, I think they got to flip it, and they got to get some help in the center position. So, Adams, I have my pick pretty much set, but can you click on the center sorter? Yeah. All right. With this pick, I have the Thunder going with Yudoka Azubuke, who... I know it was a fun prospect for myself to watch in college. He was throwing up double-doubles for fun. Just a big body bruiser. And I think the Thunder have been lacking. I think Steven Adams in general has been lacking, let alone the support behind him. So I think just having a big athlete that can not only come off the bench, but hopefully push Steven Adams to 
get back to his old form. <laughs> Yo, look what it says yeah. about him. Imposing rim protector, strong rim protector. Like, <laughs> all right, nice. Like, I get this guy. Mammoth seven foot seven wingspan. Yeah. Natural yeah, rebounder massive. because of his size and strength. Like, oh, I didn't know this guy was big at all. Wait, what was Bully it? on the low post. Loki, this guy just sounds like a monster, yo. I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure Dayton played Kansas early, like early in the preseason, and Obi Toppin tried to guard this man and got thrown on the floor. So, John, can I ask you your thoughts on his 42 percent free throw? They did bring that game to the wire, though. Dayton yeah, that's away. true. Obi Toppin was getting babied, though. What's going to stop teams from doing a hack of Yudoka? I don't think Yudoka is going to be able to stretch the floor at all. I literally see him. If the Thunder, which I like, have faith in the Thunder, just every year they seem to be able to get it together. If the Thunder are competitive this year in the kind of five through eight area in the Western Conference, I could see Yudoka being a fan favorite. That when like the game's getting scruffy, they bring him in and he so just they... lays out the opposing star. <laughs> the think, so it sounds like you think he's gonna do what Taco did. I mean, he came to the game. He's Ricky, gonna be like, Taco, but he's gonna lay a body. But he's gonna lay. He's gonna lay the body. body. Yeah, but you remember he's what happened with Taco? Anyone. His only playoff experience. He came in to in, to guard the inbound. They threw it well over. Like Kyle Lowry just threw it like between his arms, wide open. OG Anadobi three pointer. Taco fall minus thirty six thousand per thirty six. Like he's just not. Yudoka, what's different about him? Nah, Rick likes Taco, so Taco is nice because Rick likes him. True. True. You know what I'm saying. Just don't tell Ricky your favorite player because then. Oh, I'm not. No longer to. be Trust your favorite me, he gets player. Gets snipped every fucking year. <laughs> Rick at a red sharps. Who do you like this Yudoka year? Doesn't end up on the I'm not there. saying shit about who I like. <laughs> John, he's not reliable outside of eight feet. Yeah. Low key. Nah, this guy's like, you know how they he's have the just a dinosaur yeah. for the league. <laughs> what? Oh, I know what you mean, Ty. This guy would have been the first he's pick just outdated. in 1981. 1990? <clears throat> yeah, like he should be playing on the bad boys. The, oh, like yeah. the Pistons back Bro. in the day. Yo, you know he just smoke okay. people at the he's rim. He's an, ex- standing reach. he's an excellent finisher around the rim, but if he's outside of eight feet, he's not reliable. Dude, that's fine. <laughs> but he's he's going to get a five-second violation. That's not like like a short hook. Uh, pop a short hook shot from eight feet and in. He'll look at this. It says he'll need to develop the ability to hit a quick pass off the pick and roll. Like, yeah, you're going to have to develop that. I'd like to see him like... switch on to point guards on the defense end that pick and roll. How will he fit in the modern game? Not well. <laughs> I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. John, this is John's guy. He so won't. We'll I don't think <laughs> yeah. he will either. That's what it should say. Nah, this guy's going to bring back, like, they used to have a person on every hockey roster that would scrap. It's going to bring it back oh. in basketball. Starting with this guy, he just knocks somebody out. Scott Foster is going to be roughing. It's Who cares? Might knock double T in the first minute. Stock, Scott, or I almost called him Stock Foster. But. He could be a veteran. <laughs> that could, could be, be low-key, like a name of like a like a stock trading just, website, Stock it, Foster or something like that. Be like, yo, is that a ref? Like, they felt bad, so they said he could be a valuable piece because he's like going to be on the bench, like yelling at the guy. Like, no, you know what that brings up? He's going to do a playoff series. They said that about Dwight Howard in the finals this year. He's like, oh, yo, he like didn't play. Exactly, <laughs> like that shit's toxic. Oh, man, that was that was could have called seems all around. You got Anthony Davis. Why would you put Javale or Dwight on the court? Anyway, it's a different story. 
Good pick, John. See how it works. <laughs> 29, it's the Raptors. It's me. Um, so I have a couple options here. I'm going to go with a point guard because I think that they are probably going to lose Van Fleet. And I also think Kyle Lowry is 35, so he's, his years are limited, though I do think he's a durable, valuable player for a couple more years. He's 35. Yeah, he's going to be 35 this year. I think he's sure. 34 right now. Something like that. Right? Look at us. Look at us. Oh, deal. It's LeBron age. Why does everyone talk about LeBron when there's Kyle Lowry out here doing it? Same thing Same things one. as LeBron. Same things as LeBron, and he's like low key fat. That's different. <laughs> How is he doing the same things as LeBron? Yo, no, he's not, thick. He's like James same. Harden. Yeah, thick. he's like yeah. point guard James Harden. Anyway, um, I don't think he's gonna be there for too much longer just because he's old. Dude, he's borderline um, Hall of Famer. So. Okay, I'm not shitting on Kyle Lowry. I love Kyle Lowry. I've supported him. Like, Thank you, the Hall of Famer. Yeah, That's Beyond's boy. He's a Hall of Famer, but he's why are you not Kyle Lowry right now? He's man? not gonna he's not gonna be the, the second best player in a championship team when he's thirty six. That's just how almost it was last year. And he was the best player, low key. Baka, if uh, Siakam didn't uh, by the end of this year, how to play basketball. By the end of this year, maybe next year, Siakam, OG, and probably at least someone else would be better than him. But I still think he's a good player. I'm not, not hating on him at all. So I considered Nico Mannion here because I think his red hair would look really good in a Raptors uniform. Um, but I just don't think he has all the same, the same uh, skill set and tools as Malachi Flynn, who I'm going to take. I think he's a guy who a lot of people are saying might go 21 to the 76ers. So looking at him at 29, I feel like it's a steal. I think he can come in and give a little bit of everything. He's got some experience, which is good for a Raptors team. That's probably in win now mode. We can all assume. So I think he's going to be a great fill-in for um, Fred Van Fleet when he leaves, presumably. So I just think he's the best best available guard to fill in for those guys. Um, also considered Grant Riller and Peyton Pritchard, but I'm going to go with Matt Flynn. Good stuff. I have to say with this pick, it's a bit of a shocker. Might not. We'll see the reaction from him. We'll see the reaction. Um, with the last pick in the first round, Boston Celtics selects Elijah Hughes forward from Syracuse as he's a player that I actually um, had to break down a lot of tape for over quarantine when I was helping out with a guy named uh, who runs Dags basketball. And I really think his game translate a lot to the translates really well to the next level. He shoots the ball. I think he shot over 40% from Syracuse last year. He's really tall. He is someone who can definitely get better on defense. He's not amazing right now, but he's definitely solid. But I think Hughes is someone who, as you know, he can definitely carry an offense at the college, but at the NBA level, I think he's someone who can definitely start coming in off the bench, maybe is able to provide some shooting and definitely work his way into a good solid starter. Yeah, he's wet. He is wet. Yeah, I like the pick. Syracuse guy. I'm a big fan of the pick, too. I think he fits the mold for what a lot of players are becoming with like the 3 and D, but also has the like decision-making and passing abilities. So. Exactly. That's what I was going to say is, like, not to cut you off, man. No, you're good. That is a big thing is players that maybe have, like, ran the offense in college. And then you need, like, ball handlers in the second unit a lot in the NBA. So if they get that from someone who is a forward, that could be, like, relatively good. I'm not saying he's going to be an amazing ball handler, but. Yeah, I think if his shot comes around and he can also really focus on being a good defender, I don't see any reason why he couldn't be a good 2-3 for, you know, whether it's off the bench or maybe as like the, the worst player in a starting lineup, I think he could be effective. I did think he was a little bigger than six, six. 
thought he was like his hair is tall, so. I, was like, I actually years. feel like he'd be like a really good fit on the Sixers. Actually, J. Ball. Me too. I don't I know. Just, I, I have how a second round pick. New do I? But I, I don't think, know. That's even high to take him there. But I don't. I just didn't really recognize any other guys either. I would say there's there's nobody better than Jalen Brown to help him like develop into what he could be. I think Jalen Brown's exactly that. Look, he's six six, three and D, can also you know handle the ball and make some passes. So. Probably the perfect guy to have on on the roster to play behind. Yeah. Well, there we go. All right. We'll see who gets the most great picks. Yeah. We can roll out um, number twenty-eight. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. It's <laughs> probably a good guy. Elijah Hughes is definitely not happening. I think R.J. Hampton could definitely go to the Celtics. That's a, definitely a Celtics. Player. I think Hampton could easily go before fourteen. So I think that's. Uh, me too. Me too. Over who? I think he's, he's either. Though, but. He's either going earlier than we expect, or like in the in the twenties. Well, I have no idea where he's going. I and, know, Ekongu is not falling to yeah. uh, ten. No chance. Obi might so, not either. Someone in that nine is. If a I think the falls. Wizards would have taken Ekongu over Toppin. I do too. I think if Ekongu falls to ten, the Celtics trade up and draft him. Just throw it all their, their three first rounders. Nah, I think they only have to trade fourteen and twenty six personally, but I'm not sure. And go. It's kind of. I did like the thing on that tradenba.com. It's kind of cool. Right. It's like the whole. I had thirty, and I was gonna take either Bain or Bud Morrow, but since it was a Celtics. I agree. Well, I thought the Sixers were mocked a lot to get Bain or a lot of things, but. I think the Nets could take him too. Yeah, because especially if they get rid of Joe Harris. I think Trey Jones would have gone to the Lakers if they kept their pick. There is going to be a ton of good second-round picks. Mm-hmm. Jones is there. Winston's there. The guy I was considering instead of Udoka was someone who I thought was going to be good in college, fucking Vernon Carey. Yeah. That fugly um, dude. He was a big disappointment. I have a fear of the Knicks taking him at 27. I think they're going to take him at 27. You think, we're, you think they're going to take Vernon? Yeah. I hope not. I, I hope if they take a big man that Isaiah Stewart is there and they take oh, him. Oh, that'd be so lit. Two be other sick. guys that I was thinking, um, two other guys I've heard a lot of good things about that are going to probably be solid players are Xavier Tillman and Killian Tilly. Uh, they're both really they're both just like mature um, players, especially Tillman's like just such a good decision maker is what I've heard. Like he can just like do everything at the center. He's traditional, so he doesn't have like the shooting touch, but that's where like Killian Tilly is really good at. His defense might just not be there, I think. But right. these guys could be effective.